In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Congratulations, today the church celebrates the Coptic New Year And today is the first day of the blessed month of Tawut And today the gospel is actually one of my favorite gospel readings um, In all the gospel from Luke chapter 4 And I love this gospel because when you read it It's as if St. Luke is writing like a movie Like writing a script And he captured all the, the movements and all the little details the gospel begins by saying that the Lord went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day And then notice Luke, he includes all the like descriptors He says he stood up to read He was handed a book of the prophet Isaiah Then he opened the book And he found the place where it is written The Spirit of the Lord is upon me Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted To proclaim liberty to the captives to recover, And recovery of sight to the blind To set at liberty those who are oppressed To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord Then it's written that the Lord took the book Closed it Gave it back to the attendant And sat down And then it says that everyone In the synagogue It says that the eyes of all Who are in the synagogue Were fixed on him And so I imagine They must have sat in silence For a few seconds And everyone is wondering What is the Lord going to say So they sat in silence And then finally the Lord broke the silence and he said, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And what a statement that must have been. Today this scripture, the one that you just read that Isaiah wrote so long ago, is now fulfilled in your hearing. And the Lord came to pronounce a new year, a new beginning, a new start, a year of freedom. Last week we spoke about how we became dead to sin, how we were slaves of sin, and how we could receive freedom. And that we can be alive to God. God knows we're in need of a new start. So today I'd like to share with you the best way we could start the new year. The best way we could start the new year. The scholar Origen, in his commentary on this gospel, he said something very nice, and I wish we could imitate it. He said, Blessed is that congregation of which the scripture testifies that the eyes of all were fixed on him. And Origen says, How much I wish that this assembly gave such a testimony. I wish that the eyes of all the catechumens, the faithful of women, men, and children, not the eyes of the body, but the eyes of the soul, would gaze upon Jesus. And when you look at him, your faces will be shining from the light of his gaze. You will be able to say, the light of your face, Lord, has made its mark on us. This new year, I want us to live with our eyes fixed on the Lord, fixed on the Lord Everything that we do in our lives We can do it with the Lord in front of us When we work We can work with the Lord in front of us When we parent We can parent with the Lord in front of us When the youth, when you study You can study with the Lord in front of you When we, even vacation We can vacation with the Lord 
All things we do it with the Lord in front of us. I'm sure you know the famous verse in Romans chapter 14. The St. Paul, he says, For if we live, we... If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. I wonder these days, I wonder these days, are people living for the Lord? Or are they living in vain pursuit of a lot of other things? A lot of other things. This year, today, right now, we will renew our minds. We will act differently. We will live for the Lord. When St. Paul, he was preaching to the Athenians in the Acts of today, St. Paul, he tells us to seek the Lord. To seek the Lord in hope that we might grope for Him and find Him. The word that St. Paul says, he says that we might grope for him. You know, I think the image that St. Paul was thinking about when he wrote this is he was thinking of a blind man. You know what groping means? Groping means like, to, you know, in the morning when you want to grab your phone, but you're too tired, so you just go, Keda. Like, this is groping. Just trying to touch, trying to find, you know, the phone without seeing. And St. Paul, he says, seek the Lord in hope that we might grope for Him and find Him. So this blind man, imagine that we are the blind man, and we are seeking the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're reaching out to the Master's voice to touch Him. And we want to touch Him because we want direction for our life. So each day I want us to imagine ourselves as this blind man trying to grope and trying to touch the Lord Jesus as if he is in front of us. And St. Paul, he completes this verse with very good news. He says, though he is not far from each one of us, for he is not far from each one of us. So as, as long as you grope in front of you looking for the Lord Jesus, you will surely touch him. He says, for in him we live... In Him we live and move and have our being. This is what I meant by living for Christ. Living for Christ. In Christ we live. Apart from Christ we die. In Christ we have our being. Without Christ, as the Bible teaches us, we can do nothing. We can do nothing. So this year, we will keep our eyes on the Lord. And I want to speak to you about three ways we can keep our eyes on the Lord. We can keep our eyes on the Lord by disciplining the body. Disciplining the body. The past few weeks, I've read a few amazing, amazing stories. One was about a high school uh, baseball player who had his face crushed with a bat. His face crushed with a bat. And after his face was crushed with a bat, he had to relearn all his fine motor skills. Six years later, this man who had his face crushed with a bat, he was selected as the top male athlete at his university. And he was named ESPN, All-American team, and Another story that I came across was about two seven-year-old brothers who were in an explosion. One brother passed away in the explosion, the other one critically wounded. So much so that the doctors wanted to amputate his legs. 
because his legs were so charred in the explosion. And it took this seven-year-old another two years to learn to walk. And then this same person who just learned to walk, actually, and who had his legs almost like amputated, he actually became an Olympic runner. And he represented the United States and set world records in the mile run. Can you imagine? Why am I telling you all of this? Because these people, they put their goal before them every day before their eyes. And they were disciplined. The first story was about the author of the book, Atomic Habits. And he credits like good habits to his success. And I'm sure the same is true for the Olympic runner. And the same idea, St. Paul, he writes about in Hebrews chapter 12. He says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by the cloud of witnesses, and all the martyrs, and all the saints, he says, Let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. We're running the race. Looking... And then St. Paul says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. If we are looking to our Lord, if we are keeping our eyes on Him, then we will be disciplined. We need to take the weights off of us, the weights that bring us down. We need to remove the traps, the traps that ensnare us and distract us from keeping our eyes on Him. And if we do this, if we keep our eyes on Him, He will give us grace to run with endurance. Right now we're reading the festal letters of St. Cyril in our our lit club. And last week we read about the motivations of a wrestler. And St. Cyril says, the motivations of a wrestler is not my money or anything else. Actually, the wrestler wants to win. He's motivated to win. And, and St. Cyril says, and because he wants to win, the wrestler trains his body and he endures beating because he wants to, he wants to be victorious. And St. Cyril says, if the wrestler works so hard to have the title champion, shouldn't Christians be more zealous for their eternal life? He says, they, these wrestlers, they're fighting for just something temporary. How about the Christian? What should the Christian fight for? How should they, how should they endure? How they should be so zealous? You might say, Abuna, I'm not an all-American baseball player. I'm not an Olympic runner. I'm not a wrestler. I'm no saint. I'm no martyr. But actually, what St. Cyril says, he says, if you lack strength, If you lack strength, ask the contest judge and you will receive it readily. And if your skill at wrestling, just in case you're not a wrestler, into wrestlers, well, I miss wrestlers, in case you are not wrestlers, if your skill at wrestling is not where it should be, then the trainer is at hand who is an expert in sports. That is to say, God will supply the ability. So the question for us today as we start the new year is, are we willing to be trained? Are we willing to be trained? Are we willing to let go of the old habits? Are we going to allow God to work in our lives? Actually, at the end of the gospel of today, 
they marveled, it's written, they marveled at the gracious words that were said by Jesus. And then after it says they marveled, it says, huh, is, this, is this Joseph's son? Who we know? And then they were offended at him. And then they, they didn't allow the, wor- the Lord to work on them. They did not want to be trained. And that's why the Lord said there was a great famine in all the land, but none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon to a region who was to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. The idea is that these were the only two in that time that would allow God to work in their lives. Everyone else, I imagine, was too busy for God. Everyone else was trying to find their own solution to the famine, their own solution to the leprosy, their own solution to everything else. But these were the only two that were focused on God, allowed God to work in their lives. I hope we will be like these two. We keep our eyes on God and we will allow God to work in our lives. We will discipline ourselves. We will put away the things that distract us. Another way we can keep our eyes on the Lord is to keep our eyes on this idea of reconciliation. Reconciliation. When we read about the prophecy from Isaiah to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, for everyone who's read the Old Testament, these words should bring back ideas of of the Jubilee. In the book of Leviticus, God commanded that every 50 years which is seven, the Sabbath, seven times seven. So full, 50 years, it was called the Jubilee. 50 years is a Jubilee. And in the year of the Jubilee, all debt was to be forgiven. Any slave was to be set free. And this Jubilee that was written about in the Old Testament is foreshadowing... The life that we can have with Christ now. The freedom that we can have with Christ now. That's why we should consider today a jubilee. Today we can seek freedom. That's why St. Paul says in the Pauline epistle of today, it says God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And how did he reconcile the world to himself? He didn't account, not imputing their trespasses to them. Just as debt was forgiven, we are forgiven by the sacrifice of the Lord. And we are reconciled with God. And if we are reconciled with God, and reconciled means to restore like a broken relationship, if we are reconciled with God, then we should be reconciled with each other, with each other. And that's why St. Paul, in, in, in his epistle today, he implores us, he begs us to be reconciled to God, and to be reconciled to God, we need repentance. And the best way to be reconciled with God is to be reconciled with other people as well. And, and that's why the Catholic epistle today says, He who is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness, and walks in darkness, and does not know where he is going, because the darkness has blinded his eyes. The idea, 
again. If you're blind and every day we're trying to set our eyes and groping for the Lord to give us direction in our life. I hope all of us this year we can forgive others who maybe have harmed us. Saint uh, Solomon in his wisdom in the Proverbs, he says the glory of man, the glory of man, the glory of man is to overlook transgression. If someone harmed you, the glory of man is to forgive. And you know the verse in St. Peter's epistle, it says love will cover a multitude of sins. So because we love one another, we will forgive one another. This is the second way we can keep our eyes on the Lord. The third way we can keep our eyes on the Lord is to keep our eyes on service. To keep our eyes on service. If you go to the Pauline epistle today, if you guys can pull the Pauline epistle up... When our Lord said the prophecy in Isaiah, he said, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. All of this is service. So this year should be a year of service. A year of service. And this is the continuation of the ministry of reconciliation. And St. Paul today, in the Pauline epistles uh, of today, he wrote what is called by some biblical commentators the resume for the apostles. the, The apostolic resume. And in the apostolic resume, he wrote, I counted them, 28 things that everybody must have on their their resume, and I'm going to go through each one in detail right now. I'm just kidding, I'm going to go through them very fast. Okay, 1 through 10 is the struggles of every servant. Everyone should have these on their resume. Number 1 through 10, in much patience, in, much patience, in tribulations, in needs, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fasting. Every servant will... Into you Oh, and in tribulations, and it's near the end of the uh, scroll, Habibi. Or, or before, oh, before, before, before. Aywa, one, up, up, one more. Huh? Aha. Yeah. So these are the first ten. These are the first ten. The struggles of every servant feels. Tribulation, prison, distresses. The second group is how you can endure those first ten. So every servant endures the first ten in stripes, tribulations, all this. The second like ten is how the servant can endure the first ten. By, I can endure all of them by purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dis- by evil report and good report. All of these things, they will encourage me in my service. And I wonder... If I, the, like each one of us has this resume. When into you go for a job, you bring your resume, hatwari in the job manager and say, I have these things and I'm qualified. When you go to heaven, hatwarlo like nazm all of us to have this on our resume. I did this by purity. I did this by long suffering. I did this by kindness. The last group says what the world will say about the servant and what, like in the one who sees the reality and God says about service. So people outside, they will say, we are deceivers, but yet we are true. 
The one from outside would say, we're unknown, and who are these people, and what are they doing? But we are known, known by God. They will say, we are dying, and we are oppressed, but yet we live. As chastened, not yet killed, as sorrowful, yet rejoicing. The one who is in service, he is sorrowing, he sees his sins, he sees the sins of others, yet he is rejoicing at the mercy and the glory of God. As poor, yet making everyone, making many rich, as having nothing yet, possessing all things. The true servant, he has all of these on his resume. He is possessing all things. How can you possess all things? By keeping your eyes on the Lord. And then he says at the end, he says, O Corinthians, O Shabi, we have spoken open to the, openly to you. Our heart is open wide. You are not restricted by us. This isn't what's keeping you. I'm, we're not restricting you. The church is not restricting you. But you are restricted by your own affections. This year, we want to take away these affections. We want to focus on the Lord. We want to focus on the Lord. We want to discipline ourselves. We want to have peace with everyone. We want to have reconciliation with everyone. And we want to serve one another. And glory be to God forever. Amen.